the volume. Championship Monday, baby. Let's go all in. My voice. And again, you are joining me on Amazon Amp Volume Sports YouTube channel. Alex Monaco here, Moneyline Monaco Pod. My voice box has been decimated, people. I have not screamed on Saturday. And I am so grateful to Manuka Honey. If you're listening, Manuka, please. I will sponsor that bad boy all day. My throat in 24 hours. And again, I haven't gone maybe 35 minutes in 15 years not talking. I went 12 hours yesterday not talking. 12 hours watching Iowa LSU. Congrats to LSU. An unbelievably competitive women's championship finals in March Madness. And tonight, we roll up the sleeves for San Diego State versus UConn. And again, I will exhaust you for one more. One more pod that I am from San Diego, and this is absolutely my one shining moment. No football team. Spanos brings the team up the five freeway. We have a baseball team that is trying to take down a Dodgers club that has won nine of the last 10 years. San Diego hasn't won a division in baseball since 06 before MySpace Top 8. Shout out Bruce Bochy. This is a big moment for my city. I grew up in this city watching the Scotty Kaplans on the mic. The Bennett Woods on the mic. Listen, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. It's a big moment for the local broadcasters. Shout out the Union Tribune, Kevin Acey. I digress. The line as we get into the game is seven and a half. FanDuel has laid seven and a half, and it is about where it is on the rest of the books, pending where you shop. The money line is sitting right now at plus 270. I already locked this bad boy in Saturday night before I gave all my money back on my SDSU winnings to Miami getting crushed. I had a vitamin D final stuck in my head. This is sometimes where I am a very good picker of games and I get in the way of being a great picker of games because I get emotional. And just so you know, I am highly emotional on this episode. I am taking San Diego State money line. I'm not telling you necessarily to take the money out from under the mattress and try to cash almost three to one with me. I will, however, give you a very good case of why plus seven and a half should be the sharp side and under 132 and a half should be considered as far as bets that I think you can cash tonight. San Diego State money line. Am I asking for a miracle on Montezuma Road with a side of a California burrito and the best hot sauce you'll ever have? Yeah, I am. But the reality is we know that San Diego State shouldn't be here and that San Diego State is here. And what they have done to get to this point, impressive is an understatement. I mean, you send the SEC home in such an embarrassing way we start talking about Jordan Miller over Brandon Miller as the better potential prospect. Just kidding. But also dead serious about how bad Alabama looked. We'll talk out statistically as I make my argument for the seven and a half, what this Dutcher D did to Bama. Then, which is an exciting, really Costco sample size of a game 
SDSU already beat a Big East team, Creighton, in a fascinating way, in a way that I still think San Diego State faithful don't even know how we came out of that game. Creighton, it should be a Big East Finals. It isn't. San Diego State got it done, and then we know what they did from an overwhelmingly backs-against-the-wall adversity spot down up to 14 points. I nabbed San Diego State at plus 510 on FanDuel Live on the money line, plus 9.5. That's how bad at the height of that second half, at the beginning, first 10 minutes, the Aztecs were. They were in hot water but this is the exciting thing if you are on the SDSU side with the points that no one outside of maybe and I haven't seen enough sharp action on SDSU the city of San Diego is I see a lot of people willing to swallow a seven and a half point line and go the Yukon Husky route I am beside myself when I hear that and I can't tell you how personally I take it and I am normal normally a favorites guy. I normally lean chalk. If you listen to me in the NFL world, I love a favorite. Well, tonight I got the SDSU shirt on, baby. I'm rolling with the dogs. All right. Let's talk about San Diego State, what they did well, what they didn't do well. And then we'll talk all things UConn and we'll put it all together and we'll, we'll lay out at least how I'm looking at the painting for tonight. We've never seen a five seed. We've never seen a five seed. SDSU is looking to make history. In the modern era, the only, I'm looking at this, reading it verbatim, making this the only top eight seed that has yet to claim a championship, Butler, Indiana, Florida, all made it to the natty as a five seed. All three teams ended up falling short. We've never seen a five seed win it all. They go into the battle against FAU. We know FAU, the Owls, 14th ranked offense as far as points per game, humming, scoring, and they did, to the Owls' credit, put a a shooting display on, quite frankly. We have not seen SDSU relinquish, not to Bama, not to Creighton, not to Furman, who bounced once upon a time, Virginia. FAU shot 44% from three and 40% from two. Ladies and gentlemen, just to put that into perspective, 44% from three FAU shot. Do you know what Creighton shot? Do we know what Bama shot for three-pointers against these teams? The And this is fascinating. The defense against Creighton two games back was so impressive they hit two three-pointers. They were two of 17 from three. They said, you know what? We watched Bama last game force it, and we don't care. We're going to do the same thing. Do you know what Bama shot against San Diego State from three? Three for 27. Three for 27. Okay, I, I'm convinced no one even knows how to shoot in 2K since they changed it to the trigger. I can go four for 27 in 2K, and Bama can't even go four for 27 in real life against San Diego State's defense. And this is just to show you, and the Ken Palm statistics back it up, 
This is a top 10 defense, statistically speaking, in more ways than one, however you want to dice it up. And what they've done, and again, it's a battle back against FAU, down and out. And if you watch San Diego State basketball, let me tell you, every bucket is hard to come by. It is not beautiful offense. When UConn is clicking, that is a thing of beauty. We don't have that down in San Diego. They said, you know what, basketball gods, you get 73 and sunny 323 days a year. Everyone's happy here, win or lose. Well, we're going to give you tough buckets on offense. And that's exactly what San Diego State is. It is a tough, tough offensive style and flow sometimes. Everyone is talking about San Diego State's defense in this tournament. UConn's defense has been incredible. And there's a big reason why I lean under 132 and a half tonight as we get into it. But furthermore, SDSU shot 59% from free from the free throws. Unbelievably embarrassing. 59%. They did not get any production really consistently from a couple of the guys that they have needed. Now, Butler hit the game-winning shot. He was quiet. Trammell, who had a 21-point game against Bama, was unbelievable, was quiet. Matt Bradley, who had eight points combined in the, in the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, came back to normal. They got a Matt Bradley performance. He's the lefty senior leader at, at around 14 to 17 points per game is typically what he gives you game to game. Was noticeably quiet in this one Gave you 21 big ones against FAU. And did they need it in a big way? Big way. Led the Aztecs. And last but not least on SDSU, they had 27 bench points in the game of college basketball. In a world where you saw Creighton, who only has five guys and trolled at the beer pong table against San Diego State on their bench, didn't have a point. If you have depth, if you have a couple of guys that can contribute off of the bench and you're 6-7 deep, that is all the difference in the world. And San Diego State, sixth man, Ladie has been unbelievable on the block. If you do not know who Ladie is, the matchup between him and Sonogo is going to be fascinating. Now, he is not SDSU's tallest player. Mensa actually is. He starts. He's at 6-10. There's a size disadvantage here. UConn can absolutely battle down low and, and play that game all day long. We've seen Sonogo do it. He had 52 points out the gate in the first two games. He's had two double-doubles in his, in his first four to start this, this tournament. He's been sensational. He's been phenomenal. But Ladie doesn't play 6-9. He plays 6-11. He's got a mid-range shot. <clears throat> excuse me. And you've seen... His impact defensively, you've seen him on Kalkbrenner, completely, completely could have taken over that game, Kalkbrenner, and he did it. And I would say it was the muscles and the body and the impact. He didn't want any of that with the under the rim. Now, Sonogo's going to want that smoke. Sonogo will welcome that challenge. What can happen, though, that no one wants to talk about is what happened in Iowa LSU yesterday. The refs completely stole the show in a wedding crashers break rule number six draw attention to yourself in a negative way fashion they were abysmal no one likes to talk ref guy hate the refs they were an abomination they were 
some of the worst officiating crew on the national championship stage I think I've ever seen in my life. So what I'm saying is there's an element where a third factor can come in, where you have to, in a championship game, at least be open to all possibilities. And if Sonogo goes down in foul trouble, which very well could happen early, how does the flow of this game then commence? Because Jordan Hawkins, who is going to the NBA, and I believe he's cousins with Angel Reese, which is awesome, an incredible shooter of the basketball, has had some insanely timely threes, he has battled through food poisoning, we were told, over the weekend, and he still showed up and showed out. And again, he didn't have a box office game, but he had a game at least, at least enough to give you 13 of the production they were looking for from a guy who was hurt, but a sick rather. But this UConn team, let's, let's talk this out. They actually are incredible, incredible at half-court defense, they're 25th in defense. At half-court D in points per, per possession. 25th in the league. Also, also, unlike FAU, plays at a very high pace, you're going to get more of a Creighton-San Diego State game tonight, believe it or not. UConn has the 214th pace in adjusted tempo in the league. So even though we've seen UConn throw us flashes of pace and transitional basketball that's worth noting they are in theory a slower team than a faster team and this 132 and a half as i credit and it's going to be very hard for me to do it but i'll credit uconn for a second here on what they did defensively now i think it was an off night for miami i i've listened to billis talk about this even though my, even my guy wally talk about this when you're going from a college basketball arena to the NRG stadium and 80,000, 70,000 plus, how, yes, the dimensions of the court are the same, but how the court looks, the spacing, you know, this, this is a completely different court than these guys play on all year. That's at least something. It might be little to nothing, but it's gotta be something. I mean, Isaiah Wong, Jordan Miller and Nigel Pack shot the lights out of the basketball against Houston and Texas. Can I explain to you what they all were offensively in this game against UConn? Wong was 4 of 10. Miller was 4 of 10. Nigel Pack was 3 of 10. Omir on the block, very productive all tournament, was 3 of 8. Ladies and gentlemen. Your three best shooters hit 11 baskets on 30 attempts down the middle. It was scary hours for this team. Now, how's that going to translate to tonight? Well, San Diego State has to look at that and say to themselves, what did Miami not do a great job of? I personally don't think they did a good enough job attacking the basket. There is a world where you can take this approach and play for a whistle, play for physicality on the block, make the refs call the game based off how you are imposing your will. Now, UConn's going to come out with more talent. I'm not going to say times 10, but the talent discrepancy here, I'm not going to sit here with a San Diego State Aztec shirt on and tell you that UConn doesn't have the better talent. If we're talking 2K ratings, 
I'm going to say Matt Bradley is an 83, and that's the highest on the ceiling that this team has. It's a lot of 70s. Sonogo is sitting at an 89. Hawkins is sitting there at a potential 91. I'm just telling you what it is. There is a talent discrepancy tonight. So it's going to have to be the little things. But I'm here to tell you on a very exciting level that State can do this because there are blueprints out there of a UConn team looking mediocre at best in their own conference. I covered the Big East tournament for MSG. I've actually watched Big East basketball now going on like six weeks. Big East basketball. What is it in its entirety? It's top shelf basketball as far as college basketball standards, but it is competitive, defensive, tight knit, matchup by matchup basketball. Why? How do I know this? UConn lost seven, seven, S-E-V-E-N. And I'm not talking about Costanza's fake child that he never named. Seven games this team lost in the SEC. Do you realize some of the teams that they lost to? I don't think anybody does. I don't think anyone has any idea because no one does their research that this team lost seven games. This team lost to St. John's. By 11. This team lost to Seton Hall. This team lost to Providence, who couldn't retain their illustrious coach. This team has lost to Marquette. This team has lost to Xavier. This team has lost to Xavier twice. And most importantly, as I as I use it as a perfect blues clue for this episode. They've lost to Creighton, and they have lost to Creighton in a fascinating way. A 56-53 loss once upon a humble Big East day on a quiet, not-so-quiet February Saturday. And again, I'm not talking January basketball. I'm not talking December basketball. Creighton gave Fitz serious problems to UConn just a couple weeks before one and done basketball. And you still got 17 and 10 from Sonogo in that game. You still got an interesting output of production from, and I'll pull it up, a couple of key guys in that game. Now, UConn did beat him a second time, but I'm I'm looking at the box score. And again, what is Creighton known for? Creighton's known for five guys in double figures and a balanced team. It could be Shireman, Nemhart, Kalkbrenner, Alexander. They are a fair Kaluma, very balanced starting five. Well, they had three guys only in double figures in that game against UConn, and they still found a way to win. But most importantly, what did they do? They played excellent perimeter defense. UConn went 7-27 against Creighton for three. 25%, 25.9. That is the perfect number of makes and attempts San Diego State can allow tonight. They can allow 21 points and threes. They cannot allow 30 and then some. If San Diego State lets this Connecticut team shoot between 25 and 30 and they make 20-25% to 25% of their threes, well over double digits less than FAU. That's a great start. What happened also in this game that was worth noting on 
a Creighton side. They did a couple of the fundamental things well. They won the turnover battle. They had nine steals in this game, which San Diego State is absolutely capable of. Blocks, steals, turnovers, winning that turnover battle, also a a real capability. They shot 76.5% from the charity stripe, something San Diego State's going to need to do tonight. So I bring up that old box score because everyone in the media, everyone in their mothers is crowning UConn like they've won already. Look, you beat two WCC teams. This is where I'm going to talk some ish. You beat, you beat two WCC teams. St. Mary's, what a cute story. What a Fun little double-digit win. You beat Gonzaga, who got the breaks as far as energy taken off of them in that back and forth, needed to pull a rabbit out of a hat win against UCLA. Might I say that was twofold because TCU took Gonzaga for almost everything they were worth, at least in three-fourths of that game. Eh, Two-thirds of that game, TCU did. And they backdoor covered. How you doing? We haven't seen UConn in a close game. We have not seen UConn sweat, or as half my relatives say, schwitz. We have not seen them under duress in this tournament. Is that not worth mentioning at the national championship stage? Is that not worth something? Now, if you don't know who Brian Dutcher is, the head coach for San Diego State, The guy has an unbelievable decorated resume. The guy's got hardware. The guy's got respect. He was under Steve Fisher for 50. Look, he was under Steve Fisher for 10, almost 15 more years than he needed to be. But he stayed the course with a guy who believed in player first mentality, a guy that was always going to coach you up and most importantly, to, to credit Stevie Fish, I went to a San Diego State basketball camp, baby. Shout out my guy, Jim Brogan, all the way back in third, fourth grade. He always preaches defense and competitiveness. And that is why San Diego State is here. And again, you don't, you don't know these names. These are not household names. Matt Bradley may play at the ne- next level. That's about it. Ladee, Tramel, Butler, Parrish off the bench. Mensa, these guys are all going to need to step up tonight. But I do think the keys to the game come down to, can San Diego State, they have to slow it down, but can they can they get to the free throw line, hit their free throws, number one? I do think that is most important. Can they get and lean on the whistle and get to the line and hit their free throws? Number one. This is offensive game plan. Number two, can they? put it all together with their big three, who I would fancy as far as offense, Matt Bradley, Trammell, their point guard, and Butler. Butler's had a special game against Creighton. Trammell's had a special game against Bama. Matt Bradley had a special Final Four game. Can they, Nigel Pack, Jordan Miller, Isaiah Wong this? I think they can. Can three of these gentlemen get in double figures? I do believe they will. Last but not least, Can they weather the storm on the rebounds? You go back to that Creighton-UConn game, it was 40-34 to 
only out-rebounded by six against UConn Creighton was. They need San Diego State, who's outsized, outmatched, undermined, on the block. They need everyone crashing the boards. They need a Josh Hart-type enthusiasm on the glass from their guards, from all five guys, every single minute of the 40. And last but not least, can they not panic? They went down 14 to FAU. They did not panic. FAU was shot-making. You didn't see that in the two previous rounds. Creighton was not shot-making against the Aztecs. Shireman was unwatchable. Brandon Miller was unfathomably bad. Three for 19. Can they do that to Jordan Hawkins? I believe they can. If they've done it before to a Shireman, to a Quinterly, to a Brandon Miller, they can certainly do it to a Jordan Hawkins, who again is playing above earth right now. He's probably feeling like a million bucks today versus Saturday, but neither here nor there. Can they at least locked in D-wise weather one of the stars? I think Sonogo, the only way he doesn't feast is he gets in early foul trouble. This is a big Sonogo night. Now, there's no FanDuel player props, but if you can shop elsewhere, I think Sonogo is a is a fascinating a little Mitchell Robinson players plus rebounds, uh, a little P plus R on the good old player combo checklist uh, ink tonight. I, I really do believe he's a, a, a good, good player prop to focus in on. But I wrap this all up with, I think the only way State wins this game is it goes under 132 and a half. And you're looking at a San Diego State game that went over and ironically a UConn-Miami game that went under at 7259. Now, I could have this game way off. UConn rolls easily. Well, the only thing that could cash in that breath is the under. 132 and a half. 72-59 was what that game was in the UConn Final Four. You look at the score for San Diego State, and I think the only way they win in that FAU outing, and the only way they take that into tonight and win, is they have to hold UConn to under 70 points. And there is an interesting team total on the player prop side. On, uh, on the team prop side, excuse me, where you can go on FanDuel and you can go Connecticut alternate total points. Now, right now, Connecticut total points are sitting at 69 and a half. It's juiced on the over. So in a, in a fascinating way, FanDuel is telling you 70 points wins this game. Well, quick math, let's say it lands exactly on 70 and and, and you're probably wondering, how did seven and a half come to be? Well, it's the exact difference in points per game of SDSU and UConn. I believe it's 79 and 71 and a half is the discrepancy between UConn's offense on the year and State's offense on the year. But 69 and a half, so just playing this math out. If you covered on a 70 to a 63, let's say that was the final score, UConn 70 to 63. Well, you lose on the hook because that lands at 133, which is sickening, Jerry, sickening. That is how dialed in the line is tonight. The team total under could bust the over 
or the hook of the spread, just looking at what it is at 69 and a half. Now, San Diego State's is 62 and a half, of course. Juiced almost the same. Juiced a little bit on the over and then the under. If I were to tell you on one of those, I would have to go under on both. I'd probably split. If UConn gets in the 70s, this game is over because I do not believe with how good this UConn defense has been playing, San Diego State can score 70 points tonight. They can score 70 points on FAU. I don't know how they get to 70. Thus, the under is a realistic play. And the under, as I get out of here, works on a UConn blowout as well. I hate to say that as I wrap, but it does. I want to give you at least a winner. I would hope this game goes under just for the sake of competitiveness. I know we want to see points, but this is the only way state wins. I'm going out of here with a bang. State plus seven and a half. State on the money line plus 270. San Diego State hangs a banner. Ron Burgundy hands out California burritos to the entire city tomorrow as we for the first time ever in college basketball land are natty champions the volume